Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, where adventure begins. Check out their website at gamersinlehigh.com. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. That's right. Welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio. We're here, as always, and uh, Travis Savart and Scotty should be on the phone now. <laughs> Yay! All right. So uh, we've got a great show tonight. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Jessica is out. She will uh, be back for the next show, but right now she's uh, unavailable. She's having some uh, some, some concern, so... Uh, She's busy taking care of that, and then we'll talk with her later. So, um, yeah, we've got a great show. We have the game designers of the game Warhaven coming on later this evening, uh, here within a few moments, actually, to talk about their new game, uh, Warhaven, which uh, you guys took a look at, correct? Yeah. So what are your what are your guys' thoughts about it? It looks kind of awesome. I'm, I'm impressed. I, I want to try this out bad. Yeah. So I mean, well, I mean, kind of give your your input about it, what you guys thought just from what you saw. It's like uh, the the way I looked at it, it looks like a new version of uh, Battleship, but with crazy weapons and cards. It looks awesome. All right. Just from the look and the design of the website, I mean, what did you guys think about that? Well, it looks like it's well put together, and they're ready to go on this. Uh, they, I like how they have the video tutorial for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have, you know, a pretty good idea of what it is. It's not just a instead of just reading a book, they actually have you step by step go through. Uh, it's awesome. Nice. All right, I mean, we've we've got tons of more exciting stuff coming on the show tonight. I just I kind of want to get your guys' input because, you know, you guys are you kind of are the video gamers, um, the two of you, and so I just wanted to hear what you guys thought uh, about it. So, um, not only that, we, I mean, we've got a lot of really cool, exciting stuff coming up this evening. We've got, uh, you know, we're gonna announce the winner of. Do we want to announce the winner or do we want to tell the next show of who won the Game of Forge? Um, we also have Master of the Game Geeks come this evening with our interview. Uh, we got Geek News, which there has been some stuff that's happening. You know, Denver Comic Con was last weekend. This weekend uh, we have Phoenix Comic Con. I mean, those are just the cons in the area. And there's a lot of really cool stuff going on in the area. So, um, yeah. 
It's going to be good. It is. Fighting. And, you know, and then we're including another round in the epic showdown when we do that because we're going to make it more epic and more crazy. And we're going to throw in kind of a twist on our, our, our guys. But um, I don't know what we're going to do. You know, if Jessica's out, we might have to have someone else standing in for her to for her champion to battle. Who could that uh, possibly be? <laughs> I don't know. We know it's you. You seem like you know the character. It probably. It'll probably be me. <laughs> so I, I just want to ask if you guys can hear this. I'm going to play something real quick. Let me know if you hear anything. Did you hear that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I did. Hey. <laughs> I bought a new gizmo that hooks my iPad up. Yay. Hey. <laughs> Sweet. Yes. If you guys heard that, that's all I needed to know because it was worth the $3 I spent. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> totally worth it. Yes. So um, that means we can have some lots and lots of fun uh, later on this evening. Um, so I, we've got some great interviews coming down the pipeline. I uh, just want to talk about a few of those where we're waiting for our interview to call in. So, I mean, we've got the Warhaven guys tonight. Right. Um, you know, Next week we're going to – and then we're also going to have uh, – Utah Geek Magazine coming in. We're going to talk to them. They come in once a month, but they're also bringing author David J. West, which actually writes a chapter at a time of his book with each issue that's released. So that's pretty sweet. Um, then we got the guy. Then we got Ben Looms coming on next week. We're going to talk to him uh, about Sirenscape, which is what I just played, and you heard the, the noises. Um, and Sirenscape is much like, kind of like what Battle Bards does, but Sirenscape's been around for a little bit longer. Uh, it's background music and sound effects that you can play in your game uh, while you're playing D and D. They also have he just they just released a science fiction mech version, um, and there's also a Rune Lords pack. So um, I'm trying to get everything hooked up so I can have the science fiction stuff going because that would be awesome to have to be able to play that. But I mean, it's pretty it's pretty sweet. Um, you know, you just click and it automatically p- starts playing music and it has sound effects going in through it. Um, I'm sure you can start hearing it in the background right now. Um, you can have people gasping. You've got that sound effect going on. You know, someone just had their heart ripped out, I guess, what that one is. Everyone knows that sound effect. If you don't know... Then you're in trouble. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So it's a pretty cool little thing. So we got Ben coming on next week. Um, and not only that, we're going to be talking into the future because Ben lives in Australia. And it's gen- literally the next day. It'll be like one in the afternoon uh, when we're talking to him. And then we got Peter Orulian coming on, uh, talking about his new book. And then the week after that... Uh, we don't we don't have anyone yet, but we then we excuse me. So on, then we'll wrap up the month with uh, author Johnny Worthen, uh, which great guy. If you haven't, the only author in the world that I know that always wears tie dye. And then we got Robert Brockway coming in, and let's see, we've got several more amazing um, authors coming in. We've also I'm also working on bringing Paizo in to talk about some of their new releases that are coming out and some other game designers. So we've got a lot of stuff 
And that's just, I mean, that's going to take us in through June and part of July. And it's just going to be more and more exciting because, you know, con season's kicking up. There'll be stuff to report about from cons and so much, so much more. So, um, yeah, I mean, anything you guys got to talk want to talk about be- before our, our, our guest shows up? Well, when do you want to talk about Supergirl? Um, I have not watched it yet. So we'll have to talk about that at a later date. I'm assuming you guys already have. I wanted to this weekend, but um, I I I got challenged to do something, and I put it out there. Uh, I am going to attempt to write a novel between now and Labor Day. Wow! So I I really buckled down this weekend and kind of flushed things out. And I I have almost four thousand words at this point, and. Uh, We'll see what happens. I, I, I'm not going to say what it is, but so far, I've read my first page to two people, and it's given them chills. So I think I'm uh, I'm going in the right direction. Sounds with like you're going in the direction you want to go. Yes, it is awesome. <laughs> so so we'll, uh, we will we will see. So did you hear about the Make a Wish Foundation? What happened with Ryan Reynolds? No, I did not. So kind of, I can think this Make-A-Wish Foundation is a pretty cool thing that goes on. And a kid, it's amazing to me that kids love this. A kid's Make-A-Wish was he wanted to meet Deadpool. So Make-A-Wish Foundation got in contact with Ryan Reynolds, and he stopped filming the show. And I'm not sure where the kid is located, but he flew down and hung out with Tony Asavado, I think is how you say his name. He's okay. a six-year-old ca- um, cancer patient that has Hopkins lymphoma. And he got down there and hung out with Ryan Reynolds for the day. Ryan wore his suit into the, to meet him. And the kid took the mask and the gloves and beat Ryan in the face. Nice. <laughs> but it, Ryan said it was a great experience. It was really cool. Well, see, this is the thing that I kind of like about the new guys that are stepping in as the uh, the superheroes, so to say. They really love the character, and not only that, they love being the character so much that they are willing to do things like this, which is awesome, and that's how it should be, in my opinion. You know, like when Chris Pratt and Chris Evans kind of threw down the Super Bowl gauntlet, Challenge. and they, yeah, and, and they went through with it, and that was awesome. And uh, you know, and even then they've shown up multiple times. I mean, Chris Pratt stole the costume from the set so that he could still be Star Lord after it was wrapped up, so that he could do stuff like this, which is pretty awesome in my opinion. Because you know, there are instances like this where you know this kid may not be around next year, but now he can say, "I decked Deadpool in the face." That's right. <laughs> and no one else will ever be able to say that. Ever. So. Oh, well. Did you hear who uh, Doctor Strange is going to be played by? No, I didn't see that. I um, I did see that they have casted who Steve Trevor is going to be in the Wonder Woman movie. They've casted Steve or uh, Chris Pine as Steve Trevor, which uh, I don't know if you guys know who that is. Uh, this is he, one that's amazing thing. I don't actually know who who that is. So Steve Trevor is the uh the American Air Force pilot that 
by accident crash lands on Themyscira, which has been cloaked and invisible from the world for centuries. And so, that and Themyscira is the island that Wonder Woman and, her, and the Amazons are from. And so they find him, they nurse him back to health, and he talks to Wonder Woman, then convinces her to come back. And, you know, the Amazons are ready to go to war because, oh, no, the humans know that we exist, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no. He pretty much convinces Wonder Woman to come back as the ambassador, and that's how Wonder Woman comes into the world, pretty much, uh, through him. And in the old comic books, he was kind of the love interest, but, you know, the new 52, they, they kind of threw that out, and... Of course, now that the new 52 is going away, who knows? But um, I think it's a great casting. I mean, DC is actually pulling some some decent names. I mean, they got Ben Affleck for Batman. As much as we don't like that, you know, Chris Pine, as Captain, has shown, he can pull his own chops with Captain Kirk. Um, and love uh, that Love War, Love whatever movie. He played a pretty reasonable, you know, spy. So uh, I think we he could pull it off. Yeah. So, anyways. Well, uh, the Yugi guys are here. So, what we're going to do, I'm going to play a quick song. We'll take a moment, and then we will come back and we'll talk some more stuff. So, all right. We will be right back after I play a song of some sort. I'll be back. <laughs> Thank you. 
All right, welcome back to Dungeon Crawlers Radio, where we are trying to create chaos and havoc out of nothingness. And it's working quite well, I understand. It is. It's, it's working out of something. You guys have your speakers up. We're, we got an echo. We have an echo? Well, now we don't. We did. Tell the other guys. That's that little alien from outer space, right? That came to Earth, Echo? <laughs> that was a horrible movie, by the way. You get minus points. Oh, it wasn't points. any worse than Mac and me. Come on. Oh, yeah. You guys can't hear any... Dennis and Adrian are, like, scrambling. What's going on? <laughs> What's being said? What? <laughs> can you get... Is this on? Yeah, it is now. All right. Sorry. I completely forgot. Because I can hear them. Yeah. I forgot you guys couldn't. I was wondering, when you said that they were in Bountiful, I didn't realize that they were, like... Skyping in from Bountiful. Yeah. I thought they were in Bountiful, unable to be on No, the they're on the show. I, I, I am luckily not flying solo. That would be crazy. I've done that once before. Never, never again. Mm. I will call in a pitch hitter <laughs> just so I can have someone to bounce off of because trying to, you know, and radio jocks that can do that are amazing. You know, I, I will give them props for that. You know, like Rust, Rusty Keys here locally, he can do it. And there's a few others that can do it, but yeah. wow, it is tough to be able to to uh, hold a conversation, hold, hold that a conversation doesn't with come yourself, back, yeah. yeah, and and manage to engage listeners for an entire hour or two hour or yeah. four hour radio show. Yeah, and luckily, you know, most radio, you know, they can talk for five, you know, five six minutes. Like, Let's go back to some music and then and roll with it. But yeah, I, I've listened to some shows where the, it's just one guy talking about geek stuff, and he just. Yeah, they get on this like tirade of, you know, Wolverine is horrible because of this reason, this, this, and this, and it's like, this is so boring. Yeah, where's the other side? Where's the other <laughs> side arguing why Wolverine is awesome, or at least why he could be cool? So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And people who have arguments like that, I can only say, even if Wolverine was only Hugh Jackman, he could kick your butt. <laughs> yes, I mean, Hugh Jackman's awesome. Uh, and it's going to be weird not seeing him as Wolverine, because he, you know, after the the Wolverine three, he is stepping down. Wow. Yeah. Hadn't heard that. Yeah. So, so we get two more movies with him as Wolverine, and then he is no longer Wolverine. So. <laughs> and unless, unless he's done and goes, wait a minute, that was really good money. <laughs> well, I've I mean, changed my mind. Let's face it; he's been Wolverine for what twenty years now. He he's getting Jeez, old. Been that long? Yeah. Holy cow! He, I'm old. He's getting he's getting old. Yeah. Uh, he can't be Wolverine forever. And Ryan yeah. Reynolds did say that he wanted him to show up on uh, Deadpool, and Hugh Jackman has not turned that down yet. Well, to be, to be Deadpool? No, no to, to be, show no, up as Wolverine. Oh, in Wolverine. Yeah. Oh. And that could be cool. That would Don't be even as a cameo, and you know that'd be real cool. <laughs> But all right, let's talk some. Let's we can talk with you guys here while we're while we're waiting. Um, so uh, <laughs> this is really weird. about Wolverine though. <laughs> I've seen a list of people saying um, some good suggestions that could replace Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Okay, you guys and they have would... any. Do you guys have any suggestions who you'd like to replace Hugh Jackman? I can't think of a single person, really. Hugh Jackman is unreplaceable. 
Well, doesn't Hugh Jackman have a whole, you know, theater full of clones? Well, I, I, I mean, we, we, yeah. we have seen that movie. Yes, he does. You know, well, let's just... Well, he's got the machine, so just create a new clone and send the clone to work, and he can make the Wolverine movies, and when he's no longer useful, yeah. make a new clone. Oh, wait a second, wait a second. I think the next Wolverine should be a girl. Yeah, no. <laughs> How about, how about oh, a black girl? A black girl. Yeah. Uh, a couple of the people they suggested on the list, you have to remember, we're replacing Wolverine, we aren't replacing Hugh Jackman. And, like, one person I kind of thought would be kind of cool, there's a few, is Mark Wilberg. That's Mark possible. Wilberg? He's got the right height for it. He's a shorter guy, right? You're saying Marky Mark? And the Funky yeah. Bunch should be Wolverine? <laughs> no. I don't look at him as Marky Mark anymore. Come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> him, okay. in, him, the, him in Transformers was okay. But no, he, he wasn't that. No, no. Okay. I, I, I don't really I don't see it either. I think Mark Wahlberg has the character to be able to portray a static character in a world. Yeah. He can do something that we've never seen before. Well, I mean, like the, Bor- the Bourne movies. That was him, right? No, that was Matt Damon. Never mind. And then Jeremy <laughs> Renner. What is Dennis Snow? Um, let's see. He, you know, uh, Mark Norman Wahlberg was Reddit. in. Who is that? He is the guy on uh, Walking Dead. Oh, it's Daryl. Daryl. No. He's too no? scrawny. He's too scrawny. Yeah. Daryl oh, is Wolverine. Like, like, look at he's the very first badass, but he's not well. <laughs> That's okay. It's, no, he he's he's Daryl. He's a redneck. Hillbilly. So and he will always Wolverine. be. No, Wolverine is a redneck Do, does Canadian. Canada, does Canada have rednecks? <laughs> um, a, a, <laughs> sort of. Canadian have rednecks, A. Because he just he smokes a lot and says bub all the time. So I guess that's the Canadian. I don't know. No. Um, how, about, how about Liam Hansworth? Remind me who that is. Who is that? Uh, the name sounds he's familiar. Brother of Thor, let's see. I'm trying to remember what he's on. Brother Thor. What? That's what IMDb's for. Looking it up. Okay, Liam Hemsworth. I'm looking it up. La la la. Oh yeah, that's that. He he was. Um, he could do it. I think he could do it. He's he, he's too he's too like pretty boy. Well, I mean, he it. is pretty boy, but he here's a picture of him with kind of. The facial hair, I think he could pull it off. Maybe, maybe, maybe he could do like young he, to he middle age. A, a really young Wolverine. Yeah. He couldn't do an older Wolverine, and Wolverine is the oldest member of the X Men next to Professor X. Well, only because he was born in the 1800s. Well, yes, but he still lo- looks older than most of the so, X Men. So my thinking though is that since we've got what another one, two, three, six years, six years of movies he's going to be in. Uh, two. Two, just two. Yeah. Coming that fast. Well. Technically, I guess three because the X Men comes out next year, and then the Wolverine comes out the year after that. Okay, so so three not, years. Yeah. Since we took a character from or an actor from Walking Dead. Yeah. How about Chandler Riggs? Yeah, uh, Chandler Riggs. You know, though, all the other yeah, he's the kid. Oh, I thought was the, kid? the best of Wolverine. The other ones, you got like Jude Law on this list, and Jake Gyllenhaal, and Keanu no, Reeves, no, 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 Aaron no. Paul. <laughs> John Berthenol, okay, so, is that how you say that? Okay, so Shia I... Shia LaBeouf? No. 
Okay, I'm, I'm a big fan of no-name actors, actually. People that aren't big, that they just find and make huge. Well, I'm, I'm just going to say this. Keanu Reeves is a dec- decent actor, but all you're going to yeah. get from him, you know, instead of hearing Bub, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Shink! <laughs> 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 you know, now, yeah, now, the claws come out. This whoa. is tangent me, you know. You were talking about yes. Keanu Reeves. Did you see the trailer to the new Breaking Bad? Not Breaking Bad. Point Break. Point Break, it's horrible. Did, did you watch the new trailer? I did. Horrible. Oh, I thought I, it was pretty interesting. I am not even going to go watch it. It looks really bad. Um, I, that up. I, and that one either. I really like the original. You know, Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves. The, tra- <laughs> the trailer just looks oh. bad. Is this a sequel or a It's remake? a reboot. Reboot? Remake. Yeah, remake or reboot, whatever you want to yeah. call it. it. It's bad. It looks bad to me. Um, and I could be wrong just because I really like the original and why mess with something so good. But I've already seen it. You know, that, that, that's how I feel about most brand new movies coming through Hollywood. Yeah. I've already seen this action movie where the guy gets the girl in the end. I've already seen... You mean like Mad Max? I've already seen Mad Max, but it was <laughs> still fun to watch. See, Mad Max is one of those movies where it's just... you know, not, Again, I haven't seen it, but just oh. Mad Max in general is one of those really fun movies where you don't go for the story. You go for the explosions, right. the death, and mayhem. Yep, and it had that in abundance. Yeah, it because was really the, stor- <laughs> the plot and the story is just going to fall on itself so many times that you're like, if you start thinking about it, you're like, no, that's not plausible. Right. I mean... Actually, there weren't a whole lot of uh, holes in Mad Max. It's just there wasn't a whole lot of substance to the story. The all. entire planet is pretty much wiped out. There's n- hardly any resources, but there's still these giant tanker trucks full of gas driving all over the place. Precisely. Where does the gas come from? Yeah. Those were full if of mother's milk. Yeah, mother's milk. Full of mother's milk, yeah. Mother's milk. Yeah. <laughs> Gas, because they're referring to mother as Mother Earth. No. Yeah. But, no, no. From the mothers that were all up there getting pumped. From, they were trading the milk. <laughs> it was like yeah, cattle farts of women. Really? Yeah, it was disturbing. <laughs> so basically the fuel is... That was is the breast, most disturbing part of the milk. whole film. No, not, not the fuel. <laughs> there is gasoline. Oh, okay. But that it was... They trade the mother's milk for gasoline from Gastown. Yes. Okay. But again, there's gasoline coming from Gastown, but shouldn't be around. Yeah. I I know. Okay. Yeah. I'm still I will trying to figure out why we're paying $3 a gallon, and we know in the <laughs> apocalypse that we're going to be having plenty of After gas. After the apocalypse, there's an abundance of gasoline and ammunition I, for some reason. I just want to know why, why I'm paying $3 a gallon when... Back in April, I was playing under two bucks. Two bu- uh, under buck fifty. Yeah. yeah. And now we're back up to three. What the crap, folks? That's a different podcast. Mario, that is yeah. completely different. That's a different Ooh. genre of podcast. Yes. Don't even get me started there. Or we could get into conspiracies, which kind of fits into geeky stuff. Yes. All right. Looks like the the Warhaven guys are ready to call in. Uh, you're welcome to jump in, and we'll talk more. Cause okay. So, um, hold on. Hey. All right, so I'm going to let them. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll keep talking about this till they call in, and then we'll talk some more. We'll talk about Utah Geek Magazine, what you guys are up to, um, which you got your 
fifth or sixth issue out? The fifth. Yep, fifth, fifth issue is, is on the stands now. We're working on number six. Which has the film quest on the cover. Number right. five. Yeah, yeah number five quest. does. Yep. yep. Nice. Yeah, there's a write-up about the um about the Renaissance Festival, the Utah Ren Fair. I tr- which I wanted to go, month. but it was like raining every bloody weekend. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I managed it. that it's the wettest man record or something yep. like that. It is weird. It, I feel like we live in Washington. Yeah, it's monsoon season. It's just, I have mushrooms growing out of my lawn. So yeah. I, it's so wet. Uh, yeah, so do we. Um, I made it up to the Ren Fair oh, on the last day. Oh, free mushrooms. Yeah, they're not edible. You don't <laughs> want those mushrooms. No. Um, and, uh, I, I heard Maybe re- you do. I don't know. <laughs> I heard them say repeatedly that, uh, that the, the last day, this past uh-huh. Sunday, the last day of the fair... Uh, was pretty much the only day this year they could do that was decent. Yeah. Every other day it was raining. I totally expected to get rained on the whole time I was there. I ended up getting sunburned because it was so nice. Um, but uh, it it actually ended up being pretty well. I talked to the organizer, the or not the organizer, excuse me, the the director of marketing, um, uh, who was there, uh, and she said that despite the rain, they still had a good turnout overall. Mandy? Is yeah, that, Mandy, yeah. Uh, Mandy Brown. Yeah. So what I don't understand, though, is that uh, they probably should have charged more. And, and the reason why I say that is because they could say, welcome to 11th century Europe, where it rains <laughs> all the time in England. We just made it more flavorful for you. you know? <laughs> a more authentic experience. <laughs> See... That is how you could put a good spin on a horrible situation. <laughs> yes. We're just making it authentic. It's authentic. It's raining all the time. I, I mean, that's why we didn't go. I mean, I I was excited to go and get some video and get some interviews and that, but it's really you can't take video equipment out in the rain. No. Um. You know, yeah, you can wrap it up in bags and stuff like that, but it's still annoying. Yeah, it's inconvenient. Uh, it's and inconvenient, dangerous. dangerous. And... Um, and I just, and I, you know, it's a bit of a drive. And who wants to go in the rain? Yep. You know, and then the last day is like, here it is, a Sunday, and it's Sunday, and I'm like, oh, I really should go. And then it starts raining at our house, and it's like, nope, I'm not going anywhere. I got pummeled by rain on the way up yeah. on I-15, but I don't think a drop of rain hit the fair well, that, that's that, good. that particular day. Yeah, and and it sucks because you know it's fun. You know, a lot of they do a great job. They do. It's a lot um, of fun. It's just too bad that it rained so much. Yeah. So, oh well. Um, um, the other thing in the magazine you mentioned, Film Quest, that's yes. coming up uh, next month. Uh, should be fun. Yes. Um, it's our second year. Second year. So. I think they've had, oh, what have they had, over like 1,100 or 1,200 submissions? submissions. submissions. Yeah. Um, they released their um, their official selections the other day. I haven't had a chance to go through that yet. I haven't gone through them yet either. They have one of the coolest you know, award statues and one of the most Dangerous award statues out there. Yes, heavy, uh, sharp metal Cthulhu. Cthulhu with, with wings. Yeah, yeah. I, it looks amazing. But uh, you know, they definitely put a lot of money in into the sculpturing of that figure. And I would much rather have one of those than an Oscar any day. Oh heck yeah! Because so, they're awesome. Yeah, looking definitely. Know, Oscar is this weird semi-person-looking award, and this is pretty detailed and. You know, you see the claws, the wings, and everything. I, I've held one, and it's just amazing. Yeah. So, and that's going to be, they're doing that at Jordan Commons this year, where they're viewing. No, you know what? I'm not sure. I think right. it is. All right. I'm going to have to look. Is it the Jordan I, Commons I think or it's Gateway? It's a number of locations, actually. It might be. Yeah. I don't remember. I'll have to look that Check up. Check out their website. Yeah. Check, okay. 
Don't yeah, we'll, play. We'll be there. Um, uh, I'm sure we'll review a couple of the, couple of the shows or something. Well, and I saw a few last yeah, year, and they were pretty good. They were. Uh, you know, the one that had uh, Amy Smart in it and Doug Jones as the monster. Yes. That one was creepy. Uh, visitant or something like that. It was. It was. Is, a weird is word. He, he was like in a room, and he had grown up in in the room, and then he. No, this one. Or, this one is where she comes one. out and. Uh, she wakes up and she sees all this destruction and something like this, and you see this monster moving around in the background, and um, you see the little girl, and she's like, "Mommy, no!" And you know, she has this knife because she sees this monster behind the girl and goes to attack the girl. The girl and pretty much the lady's insane and there really isn't a monster and it's her and she's killed off her husband and her other daughter and oh that one yeah, yeah. it was just creepy that was good yeah I, I didn't have a chance to to watch the uh, to watch the films during the film festival but they had a screening just uh, like two months ago or so yeah. where they showed all the award winners and uh, I had a chance to go to that that was a lot of fun some good films hey, your mic's live you're awesome alright so David's joined us as well Daniel. Yeah. So uh, for those of you that don't know or haven't looked at Utah Geek Magazine, uh, why not? David actually right. writes, uh, has been writing a novel or a story. It's like, kind of an ongoing fantasy yeah. serial. So every issue has another portion of that story. Yeah, another chapter. Which is pretty awesome. And it's turned out quite well, I must say. Yeah. I, I, I have enjoyed reading it. I appreciate that. I, I've been excited because it's it's testing my writing muscles to try and come up with something compelling every single issue, and I write it in the sense of even if people miss the the other stuff, I'm mm-hmm. hoping that this chapter grabs them, and grabs them, hooks pulls them right them. into the story, even if they've missed the others. Nice. In under three thousand words. Yeah, uh, it's, it's an exercise. So you're doing three thousand under three thousand words it's, each it's issue, but between two, two between to three. yeah two to three thousand, I think. Wow. Been, yeah. That's that's amazing. That's got to be tough, too. I, it's, it's writing exercise, but I, I've gotten some good feedback from some people off the street. So. Nice. People like it. People so, I, like it I mean, is the end goal when the story is finished, to get, it's going to be a book? I was thinking so. Sweet. I was thinking once it's wrapped up, I would put it all together and release it. Nice. That's a great idea. Doesn't Utah Geek own the rights to that? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I haven't signed anything. Just <laughs> There's just uh, this really long foreword about Utah Geek Magazine. All right. Um, cool. Uh, so we're, we're going to take a break. We got uh, the, guy, the game designers of Warhaven on. We're going to talk to them for a little bit. We'll come back and talk with you guys more. You can jump in on the interview as well. And then uh, we'll talk... We'll, Talk more, so. All right. Hello. You guys there? Hi. Hello, hello. Hey, can you guys hear us all right? We can. There might be a slight echo. I don't know if you have your, um, you have a speaker on or something? Yes, I have a speaker on. All right. Turn it down just a little bit. There won't be that feedback. So, awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show this evening. Yeah, thanks for having us. Now, uh, Warhaven, uh, kind of let our listeners and us know what this is. Well, Warhaven's um, it's kind of a mixture of a deck maker with a tabletop war game. Um, it it was originally designed for for mobile gameplay, and so it's a very quick game. 
Um, what we were trying to do with it is is bring a tabletop war game to to a mobile device in a pl- playable fashion. So it's not a it's not an eight hour game with six hours reading an instruction booklet kind of deal. It's um, so it's it's kind of like a mix. Our tagline, I guess, is it's Magic the Gathering meets chess, but with RPG-like battle sequences. That's cool. Uh, tell us about uh, what gave you the idea to put this all together. How did this all come about? Well, uh, the idea originated just um, looking for game ideas, really. To We wanted to focus on uh, mobile games, and uh, it the idea came together, oh, shoot, about four years ago now. It's been a while that we've been, yeah, it's been a while that we've been working on it. Um, but uh, we're basically looking at, at game ideas that would work for mobile. Um, we we were playing with the idea of uh, a collectible card game style game, and we started um, mixing the idea of the tabletop board game with it um, because that we hadn't seen any game uh, available on mobile platforms that was like that. Um, and we we just kept on playing with that design and were able to put together a design with, that played like a tabletop war game um, but was really simplified so it would work on a mobile device so it could be a 20-minute game. Yeah, we so really focused the on the like, design-wise every tabletop. Excuse me, what was it? I said, is it a mobile game as well, then, or is it just a tabletop, just designed like a mobile? It's it's going to be a both. It's going to be available uh, as a mobile game and, and a tabletop game. At the same time, or is one coming out before the other? We're hoping at the same time. At this point, we don't have any release dates for either one of them, but we're hoping to get them out at, at least relatively at the same time. Okay, so then that leads me to a question because I'm a gamer and I, I like I just had an idea and wondering if this is going to happen. So I buy the mobile game and I'm playing it and I start playing the real life version and I go out and I buy a set of cards. Is this like a a booster pack set or is this going to be like a I buy the whole set? So <clears throat> it will be the mobile edition and the the tabletop edition will will be sold differently in those circumstances. So the, the tabletop will be will come in a whole box set. You're not going to be buying small decks of cards like a collectible card game, so it won't actually be a collectible card game. Um, when we come out with new editions for the game, you'll buy that whole card set in one edition. Um, with the, with the, the mobile game, it'll be a free game to download. You'll get your starter set and everything like that, and then you build up cards through um, the credit system in the game or in-app purchases. Okay, so it's actually it's not a trading card game. It's a full version game. When I buy the game at the store, I, I just get everything I need, then you'll have expansions later? Yes. Okay. Now, that's what I was kind of wondering is if it was going to be a trading card game, if this is something you might think in the future is, would I be able to scan those cards in to have it into a mobile game where it'd be like way to improve my deck through 
for purchasing real stuff, but um, so. at this point, at this point, we don't have uh, we don't have that kind of thing in plan. We do we do uh, we do hope to do some some cross marketing with uh, in the fact that if you buy the the board game, you get um, some credits in the mobile game or something like that. It's definitely something to for us to think about once we are released and we we have them both released and um, are. Uh, Working on those expansions. Yeah, working on the expansion and scaling the game up. So, is this the first game you guys have put together then, or is this one that you've done others? Um, Rusty, Rusty is quite active in uh, the, the development. He's he's got several games out. Um, I would say that this is really our our big project. Yeah, like the other games I make are all little teeny uh, web games and small iOS projects. An example would be I have a game out for iOS where you play as a sick goldfish trying to not be cannibalized by the other goldfish in the tank. And that is the scale that I normally work at. This card game has been uh, going on five years of constant iteration and changes and balancing and especially uh, more than building anything, stripping things out to keep it uh, the simplest, fastest game possible within the extremely open, oh, we want this and this and this constraints that we set with the design. Okay. So on average, how long will the uh, one standard game take? About 30 minutes, generally. Okay. And, and we'll provide options for asynchronous gameplay and stuff on uh, the digital version, but we think it also works well for the tabletop version because one of the things this game does is uh, the way you move on the game and stuff, you've got each got a party of six characters that you're playing upgrade cards on, attack cards through, and using spells on, and so it ends up playing kind of like a simplified version of, say, uh, Dungeons & Dragons or a Hero Quest type RPG, and we really want to provide that experience for people because I know it's happened to us where you love those games, but, man, it's hard to get six people together with six hours off to spend setting up and playing a game of D&D, whereas you can get just one friend over, and in an hour you can play a couple games of Warhaven and completely reconfigure your decks in that time, too. So I'm in a process of making a couple games myself because I love doing games like these and what you've done with yours. And my first set was going to be an air, uh, outer space combat type of thing. And I had to hold off for a bit just because of the, trying to find artists and illustrators and, and stuff like that. I'm a designer myself, and I can do the design of the cards, and I can do some of the illustrations, but... I was going through your website. You guys have found a lot of beautiful illustrators and artists. How did you come about getting those artists to to come and help you out? Um, well, what what we did is we um, basically did a lot of browsing. <laughs> we did a lot of browsing of portfolios and and contacted a, a lot of people. Um, when we were doing our our uh, illustra illustration team scouting. Um, we were really looking for 
for people that were or artists that were um younger artists um were hungry for for professional work and we really wanted to give them the the opportunity to work with a with a top art director and come up with some fun fantasy and sci-fi characters. Uh, another thing that we did that I, I know our, our, our artists appreciated is we we really left a lot of the creative freedom in their hands. Um, so so basically, of course, we had all the all the illustrations, everything like that, had to brand well with the game, and and we had to work with them to make sure everything came came together right. Um, but we we would let them know what we're looking for, and then give them the freedom to to interpret that the way they would like, the way they'd like to see it. And we really wanted every artist to kind of approach it in their own style. Uh, if you look at the images, you can see that while they're kind of cohesive in the feel of the game, there's a lot of different illustration styles that are used, and you can see some of the characters portrayed across multiple styles. And we think that that not only allowed, you know, the game to be more um, expressive and to hit more impressions with these characters, but it also allows the artists to showcase themselves better through the game. So... So what? How did you cross this fantasy line with more of a sci-fi line? I mean, that's not something that's done a lot. You see a little bit of it in uh, is it Warframe that I'm thinking of in Warframe, but you don't see it cross very often. And here you guys have snipers with undead skeletons with creatures that I've never seen before. What made you decide to go ahead and mash those two genres together? Um. You know, we wanted to well, – the reason that we went that direction is because we wanted to bring in some new races, some new creatures, stuff that hasn't, hasn't been been used and reused like orcs and goblins, for, for example. Exactly. Um, so, so that's the reason that we, we went with the sci-fi and fantasy mix. Um, it also allows for kind of a, a different sense of humor in a lot of the images. You'll see we're, we're a little bit misanthropic in the the, <laughs> um, the kind of funny that accompanies these characters and their storylines. And, and it allowed us to, to do a lot more with that by being able to reach into the future as well as the past. But that said... Uh, when we made that decision, we didn't really realize how how much we were bringing the challenge up for us on our art. It it really did. Um, it I don't think it created any roadblocks or anything like that. But when you start to take two genres and try and bring them together and and brand and and make everything come together in unison, it it added a lot of challenge to it for sure. So what have you found your biggest challenge of creating this game? Um, the unforeseen hurdles, I guess. There's uh, there's a lot of stuff, you know, when, when I first jumped into this game, I thought, oh, wow, I got a great idea. Um, let's just build this up. This should be pretty easy. Everything should be 
self-explanatory as I go and learn, and you know, it's kind of getting knocked on my butt, getting back up, getting uh, our team getting knocked on our butt, a lot of learning curves, and that's probably the hardest thing is is when you're you're working on something uh, for so long, and then you have to turn and go a different direction. Or, or deal with some unforeseen problem and trying not to let it get you discouraged. It's, it's definitely the decisions more than the work that has <laughs> kept us up. So, is there way, how are you needing help? Is You're saying this isn't out quite yet. When are we looking at hitting a release date? Is there a way people can get on to support you guys to help you out? What can we do that way? Well, what we're what we're uh, I guess I wouldn't say per se right now we're needing help. What we're doing is we're right now we're looking for the best way to get it in people's hands. Um, like we said before, it's a it's a very big project, and we put we put a lot of care into it, and our initial idea coming into this was to self-publish um, the game and everything like that. And now that we've gotten this far and we've, we've put in so much into it, and we, we've seen how much people have liked the game through all our playtesting and going to conventions and getting feedback and everything like that, that we think the best route of, for the game is to try and partner with, with some publishers that have a bigger reach. And if there is a big demand for this game, they can meet that demand. Um, and and they can bring up the the knowledge of the product being there just with the reach that they have that that we wouldn't. So are you not looking to kickstart it or anything because it's basically at the point where you're beyond the need of that help or? Um, we're we're not beyond the need of that help. Um, Kickstarter is still an option. Um, if we we go the Kickstarter route, we would be would we would be self publishing. Um, so basically what we want to do is we're, we're right now in the midst of contacting and, and talking to publishers and seeing the interest there. And basically we think it, it would be best for the game to, to get it out to the widest audience if we could make a, a good partnership with a publisher. And so we want to basically kind of, uh, I guess put our toe in the water, feel that, feel that route out, and and um, really see what's see what's best for the game. I mean, our hearts really would be into self-publishing the game. We would love to always re- retain control of the direction the game goes, the new cards that come out, everything like that. But more than anything, we, we want to begin to get out there and get into people's hands and be successful. And I think that um, the, the best opportunity for that may be going with, a, with a, a publisher that has a brand name, that has the reach to, to let people know about the product. It's really the hardest thing, and especially now with, with so many games on mobile, with so many with so many indie developers, um, the hardest thing is once you create this great product or what you hope is a great product, um, is getting people know it it exists. And that's one of the benefits with a publisher is they have that brand name, they have that reach, they have the resources to get 
to get the game out there right when it's right when it's available. That's cool. That's really interesting. Um, I I have uh, I want to get more back into the game and the style of gameplay that it is. Is there like three specific races of people, or is it just like based off of equipment and that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's there's three specific races. Um, there's there's the human, which are a futuristic, been coming from Earth to the to the uh, world haven. Um, you have the Delilia, which are like a cold, uh, calculated alien race. And then you have the Garano, which is a, a reptilian race. Um, the, the one thing about the gameplay is that these races can mix. They can completely mix in the game. So when you're building your deck, you're not just taking the Garano deck um, and playing with Garana. You can mix your Garana with your humans, with your Delilia, and it really makes for a very uh, open system for customizing your hand and coming up with those strategies that you don't see that often. And, of course, the way that it limits itself kind of in gameplay is that the support cards are all tied to who they'll play on based on character's class and race. So you can have some cards that will play on all infantry characters regardless of what race they are and other cards that will only play on, say, the Lillian vehicles. See. So with you talking about deck building, um, yeah, I know you said that the whole deck would be available in the box. Do you uh, Does each player play out of their own deck, or is that something that like a community deck that each person draws from? You do uh, each make your own deck. You basically, each box set is going to come with a full complement of all the cards in the game and, of course, having multiples of them so that you can really stack them and build decks. Um, but each actual playable deck in the game only consists of six character cards and 30 support, sorry, and uh, 25 support cards. That's each race, you said? No, that's each deck that you play with in the game. And and those can be composed of any of the uh, support cards or character cards from any race mixed however you want. Yeah, so each deck will have a total of 31 cards, but the, the box set will come with over 250 cards. So so there will be several ways that you can that, uh, play styles including in the instructions in which you can play it, but there's enough cards for several people to make custom decks and play out of one box. Um, I think the the top play style uh, that you can use, you can make six, six total decks. So six people can play um, that way. Now, if somebody was um, wanted the total freedom to make the deck that they wanted, um, say if they were playing tournament play or something like that, they they would uh, want access to all of their two hundred or two hundred and fifty cards because there'll be rare cards which you only get one of in in each set and and stuff like that. But um, yeah, each box set there's up to six people can play out of. That's awesome. That's that's really cool. It opens up for a lot of co-op playing. I like that. And explain real quick how that works with the board. That you lay out a board that's six by seven, 
How does this come and play with uh, cards? So how this works is the way that Warhaven plays is it plays like a like you're commanding your troops in battlefield. Um, unlike other what what I would call deck maker or collectible card games, um, it it you're not you don't have an open battlefield if you take say uh, Magic the Gathering. For example, once you put your character into play, he's in an open battlefield. With with this, you have to be with the board. You have to be um, adjacent to a character in order to attack that character, um, and so you're moving across the board and you're trying to get to their commander character. Once you take out their commander character, you win the game. So you don't you don't even really need to worry about any other characters. They they're just playing a role. Um, um, yeah, and the other thing is that you start out by setting up, it's a one-on-one uh, matchup of your armies, and you start out with a divider in the middle of the board and set up your characters in a battle formation on your, each side. So from that point, you've already kind of locked yourself in a little bit with a strategy, because in each turn in the game, you only get three actions, so you can only... Uh, say, make three movements or a movement, an attack, and play a card, you uh, really can't, like, rush your characters around that much. There's a lot more ends up depending on your positioning on the board than the cards that are sitting in your hand. Very cool. (laughs) Uh, Just one more quick question real quick, kind of not completely based on this, but going off. Have you guys seen the card game inside the new Witcher 3 yet? No. No, I haven't. Uh, I I would suggest taking a look into that. It has a little bit, it's not like yours, but it has some elements of yours. It plays on a uh, 7x6 board, and you lay out their characters ahead of time, which is all military-based, very strict military and then you can add weather elements to change the way the gameplay works. But I'm just to let the listeners know, this is this is beautiful. I love the artwork. I love how you guys have laid out your cards. Uh, they have a great demo of the gameplay on YouTube right now. Also, if you go to their webpage, which is warhavengames.com, and great descriptions of how the things work, talks about the artists in there everything like that. So I think you guys are making a beautiful game. I'm really excited to see where this goes and how successful you guys become from this. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, one of the one of the most one of the coolest things about about building this game up is is been the feedback from from the people that have played the game. We uh we we started really early. In fact, we started play testing with with random card players before we even had when we had uh, what are cue cards, index, yeah, yeah, index cards written on them. So, and we, we that's as we were that early when we started playtesting because we wanted to get people's feedback quickly, and and it was really from that point that we saw people enjoying the game before there was any IP, any illustrations, or anything connected to it. And then we um, we brought it to uh, the local board game convention, SaltCon. 
and we we had brought in five boards to the game convention, and they were full all the time. And we were actually having having to ask some of the kids that would would never leave the game to to sit aside a moment, so some somebody new could try the game. And it was just it was really cool, and it's been cool to see how much people really enjoy it. That's awesome. So why don't you tell us real quick how other people can get follow you guys, get more information about you. Do, do you go on Twitter, Facebook? What do you guys have that will help us learn more well, about We're all over Twitter. We, we've got um, a Twitter for Fringe Games. We've got a Twitter for Warhaven. We each have our own personal Twitters. Mine is at J-Y-R-K face. That's jerk face spelled with a Y. Uh, I made that decision uh way before we were doing anything serious in game-making, and now, of course, we regret it. Um, and Ray is on Twitter as at Ray Floats. So, R-A-Y Floats, spelled normally. And then we also have um, our own site, FringeGames.net, which has a constant Twitter feed from us on the right. And we have a Warhaven Facebook page as well. I think that that hits all of them. All right. Are you guys going to be at any cons coming up that we can look for? Um, there's no promises right now, but we're tr- we're going to see if our schedules work to get into the gaming con. It's kind of a busy. It's kind of a bad time for us at that time, but we're going to try and make it to the Utah gaming con. All right, fantastic. Well, we want to really thank you guys for coming on. I'm excited to see where this goes and hope you guys have lots of success finding a publisher and getting this out to uh, the hands of the public. Once again, if you haven't seen this, go to warhavengames.com. Take a look at this game. If you love stuff like a mixture of of combat, I got there's so many mixtures. I could call out Magic with uh, Battlefield with the card game from Witcher 3. There's just a variety of different things that are mashed together to come up with this great formula. Uh, if you really want to see it good, go check out their YouTube Warhaven video. But, yeah, we really want to appreciate you guys and say thanks for coming on the show and letting us talk to you about your great game. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thank you for having us. All right. You guys have a great night. We'll talk to you later. All right. Have a good one. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks, Scott. Looks pretty cool. All righty. I'll give this thing a shot, so I'm really excited about it. Okay, we're going to play a quick song, and then we will be right back, and then uh, we'll talk more with uh, David David J. West and Adrian and Dennis, and yes, you are on. Oh, I'm on. Yes. Oh, now I'm on. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, when I was singing for the music yep. number, I was not on. So we will be, no, you weren't. So we'll be right back, and we'll talk some more. <laughs> Thank you. Like, take that sucker, <laughs> that's right. 
And we're back. Like I said, short break. Okay, Yay. welcome back. Okay, so now we get to do all the fun stuff. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk some more. So it's been a while since you guys have been last on. Yeah, sorry we, about we, that. We, that's okay. Yeah, We've made some changes. Problems. So we now have. You're no longer a sci-fi fantasy podcast. No, we're still that part. Oh, okay. So we have the master of the geeks thing. Okay. Now what this is is the people that come on the show into the studio. We actually ask them geek questions to see how geeky they are. Oh, no. Oh, no. And guess what? <laughs> you guys are in. As so, long as the answers are in a copy of Utah Geek Magazine that I have in front of you, <laughs> or in front of me. Nope, they're I'll, random. I'll be fine. Are multiple choice? Uh, no. Crap. So, now we could either do just one of you, or we can do the collective you and see how geeky the, the creators of Utah Geek Magazine are. And you is, can't, this, is this open smartphone? No. Oh, all three of you. Okay, so David is jumping in to help them out. <laughs> so do you guys have your questions up first? Do we have the speakers on? Yeah. We got some right. questions. All right, you guys. But we're not start. locking down the number for these guys. You know, a few other entities, could, could you make these easy? The give answers. So since there is three of them, they get the full question. Ah. All right. Crap. The full question. <laughs> we'll start right. out easy. You ready? Six yes. Six female go. comic book superheroes. Six female. That's easy. Just six. Superheroes. Comic book heroes. All right. Okay. Okay. Wonder, Wonder Woman. We got Wonder Woman. Black Widow. Black Widow. Uh, Rogue. Rogue. Catwoman. Storm. Cat, Catwoman. Storm. Storm. Jean Grey. And Psylocke and Jean Grey. All right, they got seven. Oh, sweet. There's All one. Right. What's the next question? Name. Let's see, two Bill Murray films. Zombieland. They just oh, did the both Zombie, of it. Zombieland, Zombieland and, and Groundhog Day. That was officially my favorite Bill Murray movie. All right, there we go. Oh, well, Damn. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is a Ghostbusters, Stripes. Stripes is a great, oh, yeah. great one. You can keep on going with Bill Murray. Yeah. You okay, can? I just I I loved it in Zombieland because he totally saw that coming. Yes. But it was still funnier in Hill. And then get shot. <laughs> yeah, I totally saw that coming, but I'm like, I know it's going to happen, but it's still going to be funnier yes. and I'll get out. It was. All right, number three. What's the next one? They've got two down. Two fictional okay. religions. Two fictional Scientology. Scientology. And uh, I don't want to say uh, the, the really... seven seven gods from Westeros. All right, that works. That's, oh, I, I forget. oh, you're talking about like in books. Yeah. <laughs> oh crap! We just offended like a ton of people. <laughs> Good job, David. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Scientology Jedi. did come from like, him. I was like, I was like, Zoriasterism, maybe. Jedi. Oh yeah. yeah for like now it's official. Account. It's an yeah. actual religion. All right, so we got three down. War heroes from Masters of the Universe. Ooh. E-Man. Man at Arms. Man at Arms. Um, does, Stratos. Uh, Stratos. Unfortunately, He-Man does She-Ra. not count. she they They're not war heroes. What? She-Ra's She-Ra? a war hero. She kicks some butt, dude. What are Stratos you? and Man at are, Arms are. You, are. Are you sexist? No. <laughs> I'm not. There are several females so, from the Masters counting. of the... You'd rather have Orko... Then well, yeah. he, he's not a war hero either. You said war heroes from, <laughs> war uh, heroes. from Masters of the Universe. Master, 
she is part of that universe. I think she is. Are you guys going to count that? You guys want to count that? She is part of that universe. She is. Who? Counted. Yeah, because it's four right. heroes. I thought you said Tila, but whatever. Oh, you said four heroes, not war heroes. Okay, sorry. Then never mind. Okay. <laughs> you guys got it. I, I heard war heroes, so I was thinking of like the war previous, you know, with the King Randor and that. See, I want to point out to everybody, yes. if you have a point you're trying to make and a person is disagreeing with you, Throw out, <laughs> throw out racism or sexism <laughs> or something like that, and you're always right. All right. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, uh, okay. We'll to about Ready for a tough one? I don't know if you guys play this game. Yes. But okay, so two, that's four. Two named victims in Assassin's Creed. Two victims in Assassin's Creed. In Assassin's Creed, Bob and John. <laughs> I yeah, can't I, even help yeah, you on that I, one. I, that's. Surrey, two victims in Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Robespierre and the Grand Seljuk. Is that correct? Uh, that's actually, I think, correct, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Good job. See, we have people that are oh, geekier well, than us I right have no us. clue, to be honest. I've never played that game. Any of those I, games. I played it briefly, but uh, yeah, I don't remember anything from it, so I can't answer that one. That's a James Bond game. Right? I'm just going to give it to David just because he came up with something <laughs> out of nowhere that sounds pretty cool. All right, so yeah, five. Pretty unique game, so. Okay, six. All right. Do comic book characters with wings. Oh, that's easy. Um, Angel? Angel? Uh, starts with a C. Uh, it's a guy on Supernatural. Con- Con- Constantine? No, he doesn't have wings. No, Constantine no, so doesn't he, didn't, have he didn't have wings. Wait, so what, what's the question again? Ask the question. Two Sauron. comic book characters with, that, with wings. Yeah, X-Men. Ter- yes, Ter- yep, Ter- I know who you're talking about. Hawk okay, there it is. There's two. That's Poor Hawk Girl. Yeah, Hawk Girl All right, you guys got it. Hawkman. Okay, six. Okay, okay, so number seven. All right, four fictional scientists on television. Doctor Venture. All right, there's one. Doctor Strange Love. Doctor Strange. Thank you. Uh, how, uh, I'll I'll count Doctor Strange. Doctor Shivago. Doctor Shivago. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. All thirteen of them. All right, there we go. We'll count that. <laughs> Fourteen. With 14. bonus question. All right, so eight, number eight. <laughs> Two named friendly dragons. The lollipop dragon. Puff. <laughs> if you know the lollipop dragon, email me right now at Dennis at YouGeekMedia.com. <laughs> And I will send you something for free. Sweet. And the other one I was thinking of was uh, Smurgle from yeah. uh, Flight of Dragons. That's a good one. Or Pete. Pete. From Pete's oh, yeah, Dragon. Pete. Yeah. Pete. Yeah. All right. Puff was my first, though. Yes, Puff the Magic Dragon. You never right. forget your first no. dragon. Okay, <laughs> number nine. <laughs> the ninth question. Four stop-motion animated films. Ooh. Clash of the Titans. Good choice. Yeah. Uh, Disney's Dinosaurs. Okay. Jason and the Argonauts. That's an even better one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's three, right? Yep. Stop motion. Valley of Guanji. Land of the Lost. Wait, that's a TV show, not a movie, but can we count that? Stop motion. <laughs> well, they, I'll made, count. they made a move out of it. It was awesome. I'll oh. count it. I would have I said Sinbad. Oh, oh no. Sinbad. Yeah, Sinbad's Sinbad. a good one. Golden Boys is Sinbad. Sinbad. Okay, tenth question. Let's see if they get it. Two dune races or species? Humans. Okay, humans. And, and unhumans. Two <laughs> <laughs> navigators. Arconans. There we go. He's got it. All right, we've I got the, the ten questions. Thank you, like David, for saving my butt. Dune. I love Dune. That's a great series. 
I, I love the book. That was another great story got brought to you by Mormons. Yeah. Unlike Twilight. What? Yep. <laughs> I've never heard Frank Herbert was Mormon. Yep. So, you know, the original uh, Battlestar Galactica as well. Yeah, Battlestar Galactica, but I've mm-hmm. never heard that about Dune. Yeah. Very interesting. There we go. Ten questions down. You guys survived. Well, we win. Uh, well done. That you are now the master of the geeks. <laughs> we, we are master geeks, huh? Yes. Awesome. I also again want to point out that this is a great scenario of we have geekier people than us writing for us. <laughs> yeah. That's how this works. That's awesome. Wow. We are. We can't be experts in everything, but just enough to be just in enough every to, little thing. Yeah, yeah, to get experts to do stuff for us. So or with us. Let's talk about the magazine. It's out. Yes, issue five. Uh, issue five is out. Got awesome Cthulhu art on the As front. Cthulhu art on the front. You have a cosplay centerfold. Yes, we got the cosplay this centerfold year. going, and it's epic. And oh, yeah. David's next uh, chapter is in the book as well, yep, or magazine. Five. Which is, so it's going pretty well. People are excited about it and liking it. Yeah, I've, I've gotten some good feedback. So is it difficult doing it this way than doing it as a traditional book? It's different. Yeah. It's different. I it's a little more seat of the pants and it's a little bit more of I've really got to make these words work in this small of a space yeah. and keep it as compelling as possible and I keep trying to push myself and do that and make every chapter better. Wow. So now every chapter is what, uh twenty five hundred words? Is that what you're doing? Give or take, yeah. Yeah, roundabout. So I mean that's really kinda it's squishing tight. it together. It's tight, but I try to keep that action. Yeah. Gripping and hooking wow. people. Nice. So we were talking offline a little bit. Um, uh, Dennis asked the question: How how many more chapters do you expect uh, this to, to potentially go? I I know where the end game is going, but every time because it's such a tight chapter, it kind of opens up a little bit more, a little bit more. So it's I can't see it being less than another five or six chapters. Okay. So we have uh, a year plus at least. Maybe given our current release schedule, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 been fun to read. So, if you haven't uh, had a chance to read it yet, uh, definitely start. Go to utahgeekmagazine dot com and get our back issues and uh, and then. What's What's really cool though is that uh, David has informed me how it ends. Oh, so you know how it ends. I do know how it ends. So, in the case he were to not be able to finish it for some reason, you would be able to pick no, up no, where no, he no. left off. No, no, he informed me it, it ends with. The end. Oh. Oh. The end. Ah, I forgot. Yeah. So, big spoiler there. It, a really it, horrible joke. It, it does end. <laughs> was that an awful joke? Do people still do that at the end of books to say, the end? I, I, don't think, I don't think I've seen a book in a long time with that at the, the end. I don't think any book yeah. really ends anymore. Yeah, it's like that's, that's true. They, they leave it with a little continued. bit of a hook so that we, they could write a second one. At least some people do. Even if you kill off all the main characters, you can still do something. Yeah. Just reboot it, right? Rewrite the first issue or first... uh, No, you just rewrite it from the villain's perspective. You have another book. Yay! Yay. I don't know. Same story, different book. Yes. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. That would actually be a... If I wrote this from the villain's perspective, it would destroy all the suspense. (laughs) (laughs) It's, well, it's that's, like yeah, that's why you do it after the book's done. This <laughs> first one's done. Because you have met the main villain. You yeah. just didn't know it yet. Oh, oh really? Oh, really? Ah. Hmm. That's interesting. Huh. Very interesting. 
Writing, yeah, that's a weird. Yeah, you've been writing, I hear. I have. Yeah, I started. I threw. I was kind of about thirteen hundred words a day. Uh, I'm trying to keep anywhere between eight hundred and a thousand. So I. You know, it's not November, right? What What about November? Supposed to do November. Why am I supposed to do it in November? No Oh, eh. I just figured it's the summer. It's my the slow time of the year for work for me. November is not. I don't know if I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna try to, you know, I'm gonna try to do it. I talked to a couple of people at Conduit, and and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try to do it between Memorial Day and Labor Day, and try to get something out. Because I've always wanted to write. I write, and then I like start self-editing myself to the point that I quit writing. Yeah. So I'm just gonna write all the way through and see what I can get kicked out. So whether it's good or bad, I, who knows? <laughs> we'll see. So it's definitely a lot more difficult than I thought. Because there's several points where you know I get like a couple hundred words in, and I'm like, I have no clue where I'm going now. And then I have to start asking myself questions and writing notes, and then doing research. So it's definitely, I mean, hats off to people that do this like crazy. I mean, Brandon Sanderson that can sit on an airplane and from here to Australia and write an entire book. I don't know how <laughs> that can be done. Yeah, you know, I was looking at uh, uh, Michael Brent's. Uh, post earlier today. He's like, yeah, I just wrote 7,000 words. It's an awesome day. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> that's like a week if I'm that's good. exceptional. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, How does yeah. that work? Dear journal, <laughs> I went to the bathroom twice. I ate a big mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, how much? Do, how many words do you average on a good day? On a good day, I might get up to 5,000, and I'll feel like 5,000, I rocked it. Oh, okay. So okay, on an average day. Not then. every day. Okay, so an average day. I'll feel good about fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred, okay. So I'm not doing too bad with eighteen or eight hundred to a thousand then. Yeah. Just starting out. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I, I mean, like today I was like, oh, I was in a roll and I only got eight hundred words out, and I'm like, oh, sweet. I'm like, I need to write more, and then I'm like, <laughs> I got a show tonight. I'm not doing any more writing today. But, <laughs> Yeah, and the research. I mean, that's that's the cool part. That's the fun part. I love research. Yeah, I mean, I have no clue about you know. I, I shared a guns. picture of my office library yeah. and Tumblr, and it's gone viral this last week. Wow! Hundreds of shares and reblogs. I've got like six thousand books in there. <laughs> so is it just like other novels, or just or everything? Everything you can think of. I have mostly fantasy and history. Yeah, I've got. A little bit of everything. Wow. So three editions of the Encyclopedia Britannica? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I showed that to, a picture of that to my kids. I'm like, this is what I used to have to do to research for my yeah. papers in school. And they're like, are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> Open a book? Look through the <laughs> content? Well, the, thing, the what? thing is, people get so hung up on the internet, and yet I have things in books where this is fascinating, and I uh-huh. try to go find it online, Yeah. and it's not there. There are still lots of things in books. It is not online yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, even with online, I'll print it out so I have a hard copy to look through because yeah. that's just so much easier for me to flip over and look and, oh, yeah, than to go, okay. Cause yeah, if right, I get right on, notes and highlight. And, yeah, because yeah. if I get online, I, you know, I get sucked in. You know, next thing I know, it's, you know, an hour later and I haven't done anything. So it's just easier to have that to quickly flip I'd like over to. to point out that uh, if the zombie apocalypse ever happens, the yes. only thing you'll find the word zombie in is a book. Just saying that. Okay. Until I guess until the batteries run out. Yes. <laughs> well, no, they've they've got solar panel, rich, those solar rechargers. 
there just probably won't be any internet anymore. Yeah. But hey, if you got everything downloaded onto your iPad, like you know your Angry Birds, you're safe. All 150,000 petabytes of the internet yeah. downloaded on my iPad. Well, <laughs> at least Angry Birds. <laughs> People or will be happy we could with just that. Capture the zombies and put them in giant hamster wheels. And Ooh. Oh. Make power that way. You could. That'd be genius. What? What? Put your system in front of them to get them to walk, right? Yes. Yeah, see, there you go. Huh. You know what? I, Why I, haven't people thought of this already? That's an awesome yeah. idea, right? That that's is. an awesome idea for The Walking Dead. Giant hamster wheels. Yes. With a thousand <laughs> That's zombies. hooked up to a turbine. Yeah. And you just make sure your employees are in there managing things. What's the pat- patent, patent office dot com? <laughs> USPTO. Google yeah. USPTO. They just, so they, they see those people and they just keep walking. Now, if they were the the running zombies like on uh, World War Z, holy crap, you'd have tons of power. Oh yeah, no doubt. That's just, exciting. Just I, I bet you probably could, despite the you know obviously no zombies. Mercy Road kind of had those, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. The people on the gears, everything. Walk. Yeah. You have to watch it, Daniel. I know. I need to go see this movie. Yeah, it was better than I expected. Yeah, it was a lot better than I expected. Yeah, it's a phenomenal film. Anybody who hasn't seen it, it's it's. It, I mean, visually, it's epic. The soundtrack's incredible. Just don't. Oh, go, I love the soundtrack. Don't go expecting a great plot. No. That's all. Yeah. It's Mad Max. Other than Max. that, everything else is phenomenal. If you haven't already seen Mad Max movies, well, don't they plot. don't have great plots. I mean, come on, Tina Turner was the bad guy in one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and Thunderdome is one of that everyone says is the most amazing, and that's the one she's in. So hey, uh, I'd say Road Warrior. I, I love Road Warrior. That's one of my favorites out of all of them. Yeah, I actually got my wife to watch that with me a week wow. ago before yeah. we go to see Fury Road. Uh, nice. Yeah, my, mine saw three seconds of the trailer and it's like, nope, I'm not going. <laughs> so it's like, am I gonna go see this and then movie? I, I told her about the thing I read about the theory. That Tom Hardy is actually the feral kid Ooh. from Road Warrior. Yeah. Because the time difference seems off a little bit. Yeah. So what if he just assumed the role of Max? That would make sense. And it would go off white. It looks different. And... My, I have to say my favorite Mad Max film is Mad Max Lethal Weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say number four. No. <laughs> I'm just making up movies now. I know. Okay. Chris Rock was in the fourth one, wasn't he? In the fourth Lethal Weapon? Yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting if they... They'll probably remake that movie now. I, I, am, sad to see, I yeah. am sad to see that Mel Gibson was not in this film. At least as a cameo. Yeah, I, that would have been cool, but at the same time, maybe... If he it, it opens up the possibility of the theory, though. If he doesn't show up as a different character. So, who knows? I don't know. That is interesting. Is there any indication of whether this is a prequel or a sequel or no? They a, haven't. A they parallel haven't said anything. Or they haven't said anything that I know of. Or it doesn't have to be anything. It's, it's a movie. That's true. It could be a completely different universe. Good. Yeah. Star Trek did it. Well, apparently, Star Trek did it with a black hole. They yeah. went back in time, and then time travel. I completely ruined the entire universe. Just so, yeah. We yeah. we've talked about that quite a bit. Yeah, that's, oh, well. that, that's a podcast in itself. That is that is an entire podcast within itself. That could be. So, 
But well, plot plot holes in Star Trek. Yes. That that could be a fun conversation. It could be. We could do that. We do have another show that we need to record, so hey. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll we'll wrap it with us and we'll wrap this show up. We'll move forward. Uh tune in on Tuesday to listen to our next show. Uh these guys Come will back. be hanging around to talk for that Come show as back. well. And we will catch you next time. We need your brains. Yes. Apparently <laughs> Utah Geek magazine needs your brains. Well, they do have the Elder God on the cover, so that makes sense. Yeah. And it's <laughs> a great coincidence that my story has them summoning Cthulhu. I didn't know he was going to be on the cover. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> that is really awesome. We're great. All right. So uh, we will catch you uh, Tuesday, and have a good one. Yeah. Bye. See you.